Merry Christmas. <laughs> Late Christmas. Um, man, if you got a Bible going on, open up to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. That's where we'll be here shortly. Uh, man, I am so excited to be able to, to be back with you guys. Um, if you're a, if you're a first time guest here with us, your first time on our campus, we're so thankful that you're here. Um, if you uh, should see maybe in the front of one of the seats in front of you, um, a guest a connect card, and if you'd fill that out. And on your way out today, we've got a special gift that we want to give you today, uh, just to thank you for being here. And uh, we would love to be able to give that to you today. Um, those cards are also um, great for prayer requests. Uh, so every every week at our staff meeting, staff meeting, we pull these cards out and we pray for these as a staff, and uh, that's important uh, part of our staff meeting each week. And so please, if uh, you can trust us with your prayer requests, and so um, we don't share those unless you give us permission to share those. So you can write those down, and and on your way out today, you can drop them off in the blue offering bucket on your way out. And that's it. Everybody good? Let's go. Um, we're on the heels of Christmas. Some of y'all have already moved on. You've already burned your Christmas tree in the backyard. Um, you've ripped down the lights. <laughs> we didn't do that here, if you haven't noticed. All right. Um, we wanted to hang on one more week just as a reminder of what Christ has done and that Christ has come. And so we're on the heels of this. This morning, we're going to talk about spiritual gifts. And in the most cheesy way possible, I bought a gift. <sighs> I know cheesiest, most textbook move, okay? However, it was very important. As I was studying the scripture, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, we're going to really center in on one verse because I know some of y'all, y'all ate a lot during Christmas and maybe you got woken up early. If you have children, you got woken up early on Christmas morning. Um, so you may be still a little sleepy. And so we're only going to look at one verse today. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7 is where we're going to be and. and Trey, I know I've got more verses than that. If you'll just queue up verse 7, buddy. That's the only one I need on the fly. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Um, there's three things about a gift. This is one to my granny, all right? I don't know if y'all have a granny. I got my, my granny. She's awesome. Um, so every, th- every time, every gift that was under our tree this year, it was to somebody, it was from somebody, and it was given with a purpose. And today we're going to look at those three things that are found in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, summed up in verse 7, okay? So let's do this thing. I'm going to read verse 7 to you, um, and we're going to uh, dive in. A manifestation of the Spirit is given to each person for the common good. Let's pray together. God, we thank you so much, God, that, uh, that you have given us spiritual gifts, and God, I'm thankful God, for the gifts that you've given me, and I pray, God, that uh, I would use those gifts for your glory and for the good of this church and the good of our community and the good of the nations, Father. We love you, and we pray that today you would be with us and you would teach us to know you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Um, so this book of the Bible, if you're not familiar with 1 Corinthians, uh, 1 Corinthians it's, it was originally a letter written by Paul, okay? Paul was an apostle who traveled around planting churches did incredible things, wrote most of the New Testament. Paul, of course, he also wrote most of the New Testament, so this statistic is a little bloated, but Paul writes more about spiritual gifts than any other author. Um, and he writes about it, but here's what, here's what you're not going to get today. Um, oftentimes when we come to the Scriptures, we want a nice, neat package 
We want all of our questions answered, right? We want this nice, tight theology of spiritual gifts today. Listen, that's not what Paul was trying to do, okay? Paul was writing letters to churches to address specific issues. Paul wasn't writing a book on theology, okay? Paul was addressing issues that were going on in the church at Corinth. And if you've read the book of 1 Corinthians or studied it with us in February and early March of this year, you know there's a lot of issues, a lot of stuff going on. And so today, you may have more questions. They may be found in Scripture. But here's what you need to understand. Anytime you come to a passage of Scripture and you're studying through a particular thing, you need to recognize that all the answers God intends, you to, intends for you to have can be found. You need to understand that. Every answer God intends for you to have about spiritual gifts or any topic can be found in the Scriptures. Flip that around. If you can't find the answer in the Scripture, then God didn't intend for you to have it. And we got to be okay with that. All right. So if you have questions about spiritual gifts, I'm not going to try to answer everything. We're just looking at this one verse and the three things that are found in it. Uh, if you have more questions, feel free to holler at me and, uh, or study for yourself, or we can study it together. But um, as I always say, you can always buy me lunch and we'll study it together, okay? I'm just kidding. I'll buy two, all right? Um, but this book was written by Paul. It's a very particular purpose, but we're going to look at this today and really focus in on this one verse. Um, so point number one, the two line on every gift, right? Gifts are given to a particular person. Today, what we recognize about these spiritual gifts, that they are given to all believers. Given to all believers. Notice what he says. A manifestation of, of the Spirit is given to each person. Now, the question is, does, does Paul mean every person? Does Paul mean every single person in the world? No, Paul has been building an argument here that those who have trusted in Jesus are those who the Spirit has come upon. And so what we recognize is this manifestation of the Spirit has been given to each believer, to all believers, every single person. And I think this is something that not everybody understands. I've heard this so many times. Man, I just, I don't know what I can do in the church. I don't think God's really... I don't know. I, just, I don't think I have anything to give. And, and I hear that. I've heard people tell me that over the years of 11, 12 years of ministry. And like, that's not true. You need to recognize that God's word says you do have something that is very beneficial to the church. Paul told the church at Corinth that every Christian was given a gift. There's no believer who was left out. And so if you're sitting there today, if you're sitting here right now saying, but I just don't feel like I have a gift. Paul, in his opening dialogue in another one of his letters, the, the, what we now call uh, the letter to the Romans, Paul connects the usefulness of the gift to our faith. Paul ties the usefulness of the gift to our faith. Our faith in God to use us for his glory activates and causes the effect of the gifts in our life. What that means is, so, so I ask, uh, here's the first question. Are you trusting in God for your salvation and to use you for his purpose? So my question is not, did you one time in your life trust in Jesus? Okay? That's more of a salvation question. When we start talking about spiritual gifts, what we need to talk about is an ongoing relationship with God. 
My question is not, have you trusted? My question is, do you right now trust in Jesus as your Savior? If you do, then you, you are experiencing faith in your life. It is flowing out of you, and God wants to use that for his glory. And he's, there, there, there will be evidence of your spiritual gifts at work. And so I get this question a lot, well, how do I know what my gifts are? I'm going to start with the least effective and move towards the most effective, okay? Um, the least effective, though easiest way, is to take a, a spiritual gift assessment, okay? These are like online tests. We have one on our website. You can, find, um, you can find a spiritual gifts assessment, and you can go through that, and it's like 100 and... It's like a thousand questions or something, but but when you get it's simple, it's simple, I promise. But when you get through that, it'll show you some ideas of what your spiritual gifts may be, and that's very very helpful. That comes to me, and uh, we're able to look at that and, and forward that on to Miss May, our volunteer coordinator, and help you figure that out. But I think the best thing that you can do, again, that's probably the least effective. The most effective way is to ask the question: How does God seem to use you to impact others? Right? If you were to ask the people around you, what spiritual benefit do I have in your life? Just ask that question to those that you're around. Hopefully there's something. Right? Hopefully there's some something. And then take that and go, okay, well, maybe that's how God has gifted me. In chapter 1 of Romans that I just referenced, Paul said he was excited about getting to come and use his spiritual gift to encourage the church. That's what Paul says. I can't wait to get there to use my gift. What was Paul's gift? It doesn't matter, right? That's not the point. The point Paul is saying is I want to come and use my gift Paul's, what was Paul's gift is less important than the knowledge that God uses those who trust him by faith to impact others. Paul knew that God was going to use him when he showed up. We want to help you here find out how God has gifted you so that you can begin to serve in the church. We, rec- we need to recognize gifts are given to all believers. Let's look back at verse number 7 and see point number 2 because there's a from line on this gift too. A manifestation of the Spirit is given to each person for the common good. Point number two, gifts are given by God. I know. Duh. You've been in church. Duh. I get it, okay? Listen. Never take anything lightly that God is involved in. Even if it's a statement and a fact that you've known your entire life, if you've grown up in church, you know spiritual gifts are given by God. But listen, there's more there if God's involved in it. So let's look at the way Paul words this. Each person is given a manifestation of the Spirit. The term manifestation is an intense word, and it can mean a number of things. But in most general sense, it means the invisible becoming visible. The intangible becoming tangible. Okay? That's the biblical meaning. So essentially, a manifestation of the Spirit is the Spirit, which we know to be invisible and intangible, being made tangible and being made visible. Okay? The Spirit of God is given to us, not just to live in us, but to live out of us. God not only resides in you, he desires to live out of you. 
The Spirit of God that you know to be invisible is made visible through your gifting. This is, what God, this is why God placed His Spirit in you. He didn't give you the Spirit to stir and make you feel warm and fuzzy during worship. That's part of it. He didn't give you the Spirit of God for, for any other reason. Not just to convict you of your sin when you mess up, though that's true. God gave you the Spirit of God so that His power might be manifest through you. Let me talk about the the power of the Spirit for a moment. Romans 8 verse 11 says that it was the Spirit of God that raised Jesus from the dead. Okay, It was the Spirit of God that raised Jesus from the dead. From the dead, the invisible power of God was made visible in that incredible moment. Listen, the power of God that flung planets into orbit at the sound of a voice. That's the power that raised Jesus from the dead. This amount of power is totally unfathomable. unfathomable. Nailed it. The power that, that, that built the molecular structure of my DNA. And I think I get that sometimes. Like I recognize that God chose to intervene into history and raise Jesus from the dead. And the most powerful moment in human history came about solely by God's power. But you know what I what I'd neglect? Is what else Paul says in Romans 8.11. It says that if the Spirit of God raised Jesus from the dead lives in you lives in you. The power that flung the planets into orbit and built my DNA from nothing lives in you. Lives in you. If that doesn't get you fired up, Somebody blew your flame out. <laughs> I can't help you. As I thought about, as I think about that and thought about that this week, I think about just how, how wrong my mentality has been. I've said it in my life and you've said it too. Let's just all throw ourselves in the boat. Sometimes I've heard this, well, I've, I've got to serve in the nursery this week. Man, I gotta I gotta cover both services this week. Oh man. I gotta talk to that team leader and tell her to quit putting me down for two. I've been there, y'all. Not every Sunday I want to get up and stand before y'all. In all honesty, I'm shooting you straight. But do you see the difference? You see see we don't have to serve. We don't, when we come to, we get this mentality, and I've had it so many times in my life, we have to serve. We're missing the point. I'm reminded of Jeremiah, one of my favorite verses growing up as a kid was Jeremiah 20, verse 9, where Jeremiah said, Jeremiah was, uh, was given the gift of prophecy. Uh, it was an Old Testament way. It was a little bit different, but we know that, that God tasked Jeremiah with prophesying and speaking on God's behalf to the people. And it was a spirit. It was a gift given by God. And Jeremiah, 
says this. His word is in my heart like a burning fire shut up in my bones. I'm weary of holding it in, and indeed I cannot. So do you sense the difference between the way Jeremiah felt about the Spirit of God being at work through his ministry, the, 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 the calling on his life to speak. Do you see how, do, do you see, man, I could not. I got to go to the temple and tell people to repent again. Oh, he's fired up. He, can't, he, he thinks, man, if I tried to hold this in, I couldn't. And so many times we just have such a difference in mentality. Jeremiah had been given the task of prophesying and he said, I can't even hold it in. And how can that not be true of me today? What if I said, man, if I, if I, can't, if I don't get to stand before my people and proclaim God's word today, my heart's going to explode. If you're one of our greeters, man, if I don't show up and start seeing people and speaking to them and encouraging them when they come into worship this morning, my head may explode. If you're part of the worship team, man, if, if I don't... If I, if I'm not on the rotation this week, I'm just I'm gonna I'm gonna just I'm gonna be whoa I'm gonna blow up. I may just jump on stage and grab a microphone. I just might do it. Watch out, Patrick. <laughs> right? Whatever whatever way that God has 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 laid on your heart to, to serve in this church, what if we serve this way? The power of God in a heart, a manifestation of the Spirit, the invisible become vi- becoming visible. The resurrecting power of God finding its way out of a human being every Sunday morning. You know how many people it takes to, just to pull off a Sunday morning service like we need to every week? At least 40 people to do it well. Not staff. Volunteers. At least 40 people. And we're running on a skeleton crew right now, y'all. Forty people it takes from the from from the folks from our security team and folks in the parking lot to greeters to worship team to kids building. Miss Terry says, "Amen." It takes forty people to do it at the at the low end of excellence. And if we had more, praise God. Forty people. Forty people living out. The manifestation of the Spirit. We need to recognize that these gifts have been given to us through an all-powerful God, through His presence in our heart and lives, and we need to use it. Now let's tie it all together with the last part of chapter 12, verse 7. Gifts are given to all believers. So if you're a believer, you don't get a pass. You got one. Gifts are given by God as a manifestation of the Spirit. And number three, gifts are given for a purpose. Listen to what chapter 12, verse 7 says. A manifestation of the Spirit is given to each person for the what? Common good. For the common good. This is what is so beautiful. We all recognize that when, when Paul said, uh, uh, you've been bought with a price, you're not your own. We all recognize that as a Christian, I belong to God. Right, and what I have is God's. But do you know there's another truth that's rooted in that that we see all throughout the New Testament? And that is you not only belong to you, you belong to the people in this room. 
You not only belong to yourself and your family and your God, you belong to the people around you. Your gift has been given not for your good, but the what? Common good. Ephesians 4 talks about a few of the ways that God has gifted his followers. And then he says that they're used for two things. The unity of the faith and the maturity in Christ. And not just your own. Right When we use our gifts in the church, we're building God's church. It's for the benefit of others that God has gifted you. Not so that you can feel like you have a purpose in life. God has gifted you so that you would serve other people and make an impact in their lives. I want to slow down, and I should have warned you on the front end, today's pretty blunt, because I'm tired too. (laughs) We've had late nights, so I'm just going to be blunt with you, okay? Y'all good? Didn't matter if you were. (laughs) If you're a member of this church, or you've been attending here a while, and you call yourself a Christian, God has gifted you. God has gifted you. We just saw it in the scriptures. We can't make that argument. God has gifted you with his power and specific supernatural effectiveness to do ministry in his name. So I want to show you three things, little sub points. First off, if you're not using your gifts and it's for the common good, then to not use your gifts is disobedient. God has placed within you his power to not be wasted. It is disobedience to God to not use your gifts. Second, you're hurting yourself. To serve God in the way that he has gifted you is a beautiful thing that brings intimacy and closeness to God more than any other act of obedience. I love worshiping God through song. I love it. Today, I, 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 I hate I missed the first song. I came in for the second too. Man, I was, I, it was awesome. I love lifting my hands and worship to God, and I feel close to God when I worship Him. I love studying God's Word when I open it and I, and I see new and, and beautiful things about who God is and who I am in light of who He is. But there is nothing. There is no closeness There is no intimacy that I feel with God like using my gifts. There's nothing, nothing. And I think many people understand those two. But there's a third. And if you're not serving in this church, you are hurting all of us. You're hurting all of us. Listen, I'm not. This isn't guilt. This is plea. This is a plea. We need you. We need you to use the gift of hospitality to make people feel welcome when they come in the door. We need you to use your gift of administration to help organize. We got great team leaders, but but we all need help just being more organized in communication. I do. We all need this. If you have a gift, use it. We need you to use whatever gift God has given you. If you've been given the gift of teaching, you need to use that gift. God's given it to you for a purpose. And we need you. We need you to use whatever gift God has given you here at Lindsay Lane East. 
See, Paul often uses to describe the body, he, he, he talks about, uh, he, or he, to talk about the church and spiritual gifts, he uses the analogy of a body. You've probably seen that, right? It's in 1 Corinthians 12 that we just read and the rest of it. Every part of the body, he says, has a different function. Listen, the heart makes a great heart. You know what the heart doesn't make? A good foot. If you have a heart for a foot, you're not going to last long. Um, the the f- fingers are great for picking stuff up, right? They're not great at sending signals to the rest of your body like your brain does. <laughs> Every part of the body has a particular purpose. Every part has a role. And I'm just going to ask you just to, I am no doctor, but at what percentage of your body's functionality is it at its most healthiest? There's a doctor in the room, y'all can correct me, but I think 100%. Right? <laughs> oh, that makes sense, right? I don't know if it's true, but it makes common sense anyway. I don't want my body functioning at 50%. <laughs> I don't want my body functioning at 70%. Hey, I got family members that I got a great great grandma lived to be 102. I tell Kelly all the time, we won't ever make it. I won't ever make it that long. My great grandparents lived to be 90 something. I want my body functioning at 100% because I think it would be pretty cool to be able to be used by God for that many years. Now, I'm cool with him taking me home too, all right? But I want my body functioning at 100%. Guess what? So does Christ. Christ wants his body, the local church, functioning at its highest efficiency. Christ doesn't save anyone without giving them gifts through his spirit. And he doesn't give anyone gifts with the intention of them staying inside the box. Every gift I gave out this Christmas wasn't random. Do you know that? My grandmother's gift that's in this box, I can say it in the first service because we're not recording this. It's something for her uh, uh, KitchenAid stand-up mixer that she's wanted for a long, long... I know you're like, it's something to cook with? Yes, because she loves to cook, Okay. It's a little pour spout thing that goes on the side of the ball. I can't say that in the second service, but this is, she's going to open this tonight, and she's going to be so pumped because this is exactly what she wanted. I bought this with her in my mind. I bought Kelly gifts that were, actually, I bought her one of these too, because uh, she wanted one. But I, buy, I bought gifts for different people with them in mind. Okay? I didn't give my dad a gift that I bought for my wife. Uh, There was a purpose behind each and every gift. And God has gifted each one of us with an effectiveness for ministry in his church with intentionality. It was given to you to use. And listen, this message is not designed to beat you up and make you feel bad. This message is a door of opportunity for you to be obedient. That's all I've done today is show you what the scripture says and then put a door right in front of you so that you can take a first step or a next step today to begin to serve in the church. The Bible gives us as a staff the task of equipping the saints for the work of ministry. It's not our job to do all the ministry. We've been given spiritual gifts that we're going to use to serve as well, but God has tasked us to equip every member of our church for the work of ministry. We have an incredible lady here at East who specializes in that especially, and that's Miss May, our volunteer coordinator. Together, our staff with her, we would love to help you find where God has gifted you to serve here at East. 
And here's my promise. If today God has stirred in your heart to begin serving in the church for the body of Christ, we want to help. It's literally what we're here for. It's why God has called each one of us to ministry. Today, just so that Satan doesn't convince you of anything, we're giving every single one of you when you leave today a volunteer form. And you can throw it away when you get home. But I don't want, I, don't, I was going to just have them available for you to pick up, but I know Satan will distract you or you'll go out a side door or something. We're putting one in your hand. Because I believe God, I know God has gifted each one of us. And so today, I'm going to give you one of these as you leave today and you can bring it back. You can stop today and fill it out now and leave it with us if you want. And Miss May, as always, she'll be out and around and our staff will be around if you want to let us know and talk with us about how you can begin to serve. We want to help you. But this is an important piece, this little service application, just simple, simple uh, thing to fill out. And we're going to follow up you with you as quick as we can. But we want to do it prayerfully and confidently. And so I pray that if God has stirred in your heart in that way, do it. Here's another part. For those of you who have served in the past, let's get going. Right? COVID shut a lot of things down. And, and it's, it's, we're going to continue to do things as safe as we need to. But, man, we, we just got to get back to it. We just got to get back. We got to roll. We're going to keep being safe, as safe as we can. But we can't. We can't allow Satan a foothold anymore to keep us from being obedient. And so, if 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 you were serving before, um, I promise you, we're not going to put you in any situation that you don't feel comfortable with. We want to help you find a place where you can serve, and do it in a way that you feel comfortable. If you were serving before, contact the team leader that you were serving under. And if you forgot who that is, talk to me or Miss May and we'll give you their information. <laughs> you may also want to officially join this church family. You can talk with me. We're going to sing one more song here in a second. I'll be down front. We'll have decision counselors by the back door who are using their gifting, by the way. You can talk with them about joining this church family. See what that process looks like. It's really simple and easy. The easiest, and for some of you, though, uh, something that we've, I've just now discovered, um, some of you are members at our main campus but have never joined here at East. Um, we would love to see you move your membership here, and it's the easiest thing in the world. All i got to do is send an email. It's really easy. <laughs> but if you'd like to officially join this church, we would love to help you uh, make that move as well. We'd love to talk with you about joining this church. Lastly, if you say, man, I know I don't have any spiritual gifts because I've never trusted in Jesus, good night. I want to talk to you first. I'll put all these other people on the back burner. I want to talk with you. I want to help you see the Christ that changed my life and the spirit, the spirit, the manifestation of the Spirit that I get to experience every Sunday you can experience today before you leave this place. You can trust in Jesus as your Savior and believe fully in Him and experience the fullness that comes with being filled with the Spirit and receive the gift. These are a bunch of next steps, but God may have laid on your heart some other next step. But we want to give you an opportunity to respond. Patrick's going to come up, or maybe the team too. I don't know who all's coming, but um, uh, if you need to pray at this altar and talk to God or respond in any of these ways, we will have counselors by the back door, and I'll be up front too. 
Um, we would love to talk with you. Um, let's voice a prayer, and after I pray, let's all stand, and we'll sing, pray, and respond. And Father, we thank you so much, God, that uh, that you didn't just leave us on the earth to figure this thing out, but God, you gave us your word, um, and God, you filled us with your spirit. And God, it even sounds crazy to say out loud um, in light of what we just talked about, in light of uh, the power that this, that your spirit has, God, um, and to know that that lives in me. God, that's a... That's a, a tall drink of water for me today to experience and to think about. So, Father, I pray that, God, for everybody here, God, that, um, that uh, if, if, they've, if they're not serving yet, God, I pray, God, not out of guilt, but, God, out of a desire to want to be obedient to you and to use their gifts for the common good, I pray, God, they take next steps. God, I'm so thankful to get uh, to lead this church, God, under your leadership. And I pray, God, that you would give us clarity moving forward. And God, help us to plug in more and more and more people into serving you on a regular basis or on a rotating basis. We love you and we trust you. In Jesus' name.